Despite a 13-point deficit, Miami had a monster third quarter and took care of business yet again, winning on the road in Game 1 for a third time in this postseason. It was the return of playoff Jimmy and a total team effort that led to a big-time win that shows this team just doesn't know how to quit, regardless of the opponent. We break down the game, the performances that stood out, and answer your questions on today's playoff edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil, recording this after the Heat beat the Celtics 123 to 116 to take game one, steal home court advantage in these Eastern Conference Finals. They come back from 14 points down, get a big Jimmy Butler game. They shoot 52% on their three-pointers, and they've now won the first game on the road in every series in these playoffs. And David, of course, we know how each of those previous series have ended. The Celtics looked like they had things figured out early in this one, uh, but this is a team in the heat that makes you beat them. They're not going to just roll over. We've seen that too many times. Um, And the Heat came out in the second half, and outscored the Celtics in a big third quarter, 46 to 25 in that third quarter. They do not relinquish the lead after that, and they win the game. Uh, Where do you want to start with this one, David? It kind of feels like we should start with Jimmy Butler, who looked good on that right ankle. Yeah, I I think that was the biggest factor going into the series, is what version of Jimmy Butler you'd get, whether it was a more effective but passive one the way that we saw in the last three games of the Knicks series, last four games, excuse me, of the Knicks series after he injured his ankle, or was it closer to the version that we saw against the Milwaukee Bucks? And I'd say, based on this one game at least, it was much more like the performer that we saw against the Milwaukee Bucks, attacking, finding his jump shot, uh, searching out mismatches, looking for either Peyton Pritchard or Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, anybody but Jason Tatum or, or Jalen Brown, although he was more than willing to attack them if necessary, but just hunting those mismatches, trying to find those opportunities, had the lift on his jumper, was nailing it. His mid-range jumper game was phenomenal. I think Cooper Moorhead of the Miami Heat tweeted out something that was a season high in terms of Jimmy Butler mid-range jumpers, and you could tell he was just very, very effective. And, and it looked like he was comfortable doing so whenever he had a little bit of space, or even when he did it, let's be honest. He was more than willing and capable of taking that shot. Really, really strong game. Had some really big uh, steals in the, in the fourth quarter when it looked like Boston might try to mount a comeback after Miami had somehow built a double-digit lead. Just a phenomenal performance from Jimmy Butler, again, indicating that he is the best player in this series, if not the best player in the playoffs altogether. Uh, Going back to that mid-range stuff, he had like 16 or 17 of his 25 field goal attempts in this one were mid-range jumpers. He made a couple of three-pointers in this one. Um, He he did get to the basket a little bit, but those were more like offensive rebounds and stuff. Like He was, like you were saying, um, pick and roll get the mismatch, whether it was Peyton Pritchard or Malcolm Brogdon or Marcus Smart, or even there was one with against Robert Williams um, yep. where he was like, all right, like this guy's too slow to keep up with me. This guy's too small to guard me. And he get, he just got to that like left side of the floor baseline jumper, which I'm like watching this heat game, David, and I'm watching Jimmy Butler make these baseline jumpers. And it's like his patented shot right now. And I'm like, is he going to be more known for this baseline jumper in heat history than Udonis Haslam at some point, the way that he's making <laughs> these in these high stakes games. It was 
it was the lift when he's getting to that baseline. We didn't really see that against the Knicks. He's obviously yeah. playing other every other night. He hurt his his ankle in that first game against New York. Um, he gets four days off going into the Celtics game, and I think he really needed it because he looked like he had that lift. He made a number of cross court passes, which are really difficult to make if you're not getting that kind of lift um, yeah. on your jumps and all that kind of stuff. So he looked healthy. You said it, and I think it's it's perfect. This was. The big question we had going into the series, was it going to be Milwaukee Jimmy Butler? Was it going to be New York Jimmy Butler? And it was the Milwaukee Bucks version, the predatorial wing that Jimmy Butler can be. Part of that is based on the way that the Celtics were guarding him. They were basically happy to go single coverage. Um, they were happy to switch, and and Butler took advantage of that, where the Knicks were mostly throwing their double teams at Jimmy Butler. Um, but if this is the way the Celtics are going to guard Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is saying flatly, okay, Bring it on. You want me to beat you? I'll beat you. And yeah. not to say that he did it alone. The Heat shot 52% from three-point range. Bam yes. Adebayo had 20 points. Like, there was uh, Kyle Lowry had 13 points in that huge third quarter that we mentioned before. Uh, or was it the second quarter? Second quarter that he had He had it in the second points. quarter, yeah. yeah. And uh, to kind of basically keep Miami in that game to the degree that they were in the game uh, in the first half. But it was Jimmy Butler taking them taking down – uh, at the end, it kind of reminded me of like a LeBron James game a little bit yeah. where it's like a, a classic play. LeBron game where, you know, you, he's kind of getting his, it's not like he wasn't doing anything for three quarters. He was kind of patiently picking his spots and all that. And in the fourth quarter, he just decided to take over. Yeah. Pretty steady, uh, fluid, never forced, never rushed. Uh, he didn't look like he was the world beater perhaps that we saw in some of the other performances, particularly against the Bucks, but more than competent and just very measured it didn't seem like at any point like there were a couple time a couple possessions because they're going to happen over the course of the game where it was a late shot clock situation and he felt a little rush but even then he in the fourth quarter he wound up hitting that kind of <laughs> i don't even know what to call that jumper that he took from the three-pointer where he kind of had to pull up and just had his knees tucked back behind him it was just like he was trying to get as much lift as possible can the three and i think he even surprised himself but hey when he got it going I like the LeBron comparison because, you know, he also had seven assists in the game. Six uh, steals. Six steals. Yeah. All of them, uh, like, all of them, like, like Champ Bailey interceptions. Like, it yep. just, you know. Oh, like, you're going to make that pass? I've seen that before. I'll go ahead and tip it. Go ahead and run off. He had off one and, spinning and around like Odell Beckham yes. catch in the middle of the, in the middle of the lane yeah. off of, I think, a Jason Eyes in the back pass. of his head. Can I, can I, can I come in with a hot take real quick? Do it. I don't think it was that good of a Jimmy Butler game. I think this could have been way better. Yeah, he missed it, a number a really good game. of makeable jumpers in the paint. Like a number. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you the number instead of just saying a number. I have the shot chart. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I count eight jumpers in the paint, non-restricted area, paint jumpers that Jimmy Butler was making against the Milwaukee Bucks. And he missed a number of them in pretty open ones against the Boston Celtics in this one. This game could yeah. have easily went from a – this could have been a 40 plus point game for Jimmy Butler pretty easily. Oh, if he yeah. just makes some more of these jumpers that he usually makes. Um, sure. I think there's a, like there's if, if Boston's going to go about guarding Jimmy Butler in this way, there is yeah. another better Jimmy Butler game coming in this series. Well, you know, we talked about it in our preview with uh, locked on Celtics, you know, maybe that was part of the the design or at least a, a, a certain a, a thought process, like let Jimmy get his and force everybody to beat you today everybody else did beat you. Like not only was Jimmy, Jimmy got his and everybody else beat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, 
it's part of why Miami is here is that they've gotten these kind of contributions consistently, you know, throughout the players and, and not consistently to say like everybody's going to step on every night, but you're going to get a Gabe Vincent game. He was great, especially in the fourth quarter. Kevin Love had that big third quarter, knocking down a number of big shots there. Kyle Lowry, as you pointed out early in the second quarter, Caleb Martin stepping up, yeah. he hit a three. One of those passes that Jimmy made when the defense collapsed with him in the paint was to whip it around almost like a cross-court pass to a wide-open Caleb in the, in the corner. He wind up nailing the three-quarter. Yeah, he was the making the right passes. Like, Jimmy wasn't, like, yeah. forcing it really at any point. Yeah. There was a couple of jumpers where he did. But, yeah, for the most part, he wasn't really forcing it. He was taking what Boston gave him. And they gave him a lot. I don't think they can afford to give him that much. Uh, I No. You know, the Miami get a lot of credit for hanging in and, and just not dying, right? But this is also, if you're a Celtics fan, kind of your worst-case scenario is, oh, man. The Heat made like one big run in that third quarter and we got shook and we just never could really get back into the game where that didn't happen for the Heat, right? The Celtics were the team in the early in the first half that made the run and Very the Heat aggressive. were not shaken, right? They they came back, they battled back. So um, I know well, we're going to get to credit cookies in the next segment. I want to do that. And I do want to, I want to loop back before we get to credit cookies on that thing you just said, Jimmy Butler being the best player in this series over Jason Tatum. I think that's worth exploring a little bit, even after one game. We're going to do that next. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Sports for a championship. eBay Motors, excuse me, for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back because just like it's sports confidence is the name of the game and when you shop on ebay motors with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed so get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay's guaranteed fit is only available to you as customers eligible items only and exclusions do apply Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back on Saturday morning with our recap of Game 2. We're going to get into the kitchen, whip up some credit cookies in a minute, David. But before we do that, I want to just kind of loop back around to something that you said, and I think it's worth exploring. Jimmy Butler being the best player in this series against Jason Tatum. Um, I, I don't think it's debatable. And it feels like it's a debate on the shows. I'll right? offer, it's a debate I'll, on the I'll offer the debate if, if it's necessary. I, look, I, you know, Jason. Based Tatum on what we've seen in these fire. playoffs, it's not debatable. Like it's just not. It's flat. It's like I don't. If you want to just take, if you want to take Jason Tatum and his career as a whole, and Jimmy Butler's career as a whole, and consider Jason Tatum's ceiling and all these things, like I, I'll hear you. But based on the, the sample of this postseason. We were, before Game 7, when he scored 51 points against the Sixers, we were kind of wondering what was wrong with Jason Tatum in these playoffs. With Jimmy yeah. Butler, we were talking about him in Michael Jordan terms, in, like, you know, making one of the best, you know, in the first round, one of the greatest series we've ever seen. Maybe if, if we were debating whether or not it was the greatest series we've ever seen with all the context, considering it was against the number one seed. Certainly up like, there, That's yeah. the conversation we're having with Jimmy Butler, and we're wondering if Jason Tatum is even that guy. For most he, of these playoffs, and and tonight yeah. Jimmy Butler was the guy when they need him in the fourth quarter, and then Jason Tatum kind of just disappeared. Yeah, uh, you know he was out for a, a long stretch of that fourth quarter there too. So shout out Joe Mazzola for that head scratcher. But even when he did bring him in, it did not look like Tatum had it going. 
hunting for fouls a little bit more than hunting for his shot, not really mm. trying to find the the right opportunity. A couple of times when he was either stripped clean or he made a bad pass, he kind of just looked around, even had that inexplicable uh, travel when he put the ball down and tried to re, you know get his shot going after Max Struess wound up closing out, I think, on a three-point attempt when he was out in the perimeter as the shot clock was expiring. Uh, a little bit of a head-scratcher again for, for Tatum, who has been really, really solid. I, I know Celtics fans will come at us, but you know, so so be it. Uh, they're going to find some fault for in what? everything we say. What anyway. do we say for, wrong for, with Tatum? For, for No, no, for saying that Butler is the better player than Tatum. I, no, I, I think, think Celtics fans would agree with you. I think Celtics fans are feeling might. this way. That's they what might. I'm talking about right they now. Like they're they, frustrated they with Jason like, Tatum. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I think, you know, the, the temperament of Jimmy Butler, like one of the big X factors, and I talked about this in our preview, is that, you know, Jimmy Butler is just a more inspirational player. We talk to these players. We hear from them all the time. Jimmy leads the way. He's the guy. He sets the bar. When we see 22 play this way, we know we always have a chance to win. God damn it. They're right. Like, at some point, you just have I don't to know accept who that guy what you're is. seeing. I, I'm, I'm not burying Boston. I, I just don't – I don't really know who that guy is for Boston. And that's a question I've not – that's not just a game Taylor one Taylor Brown was more effective, a, I think. He was more dangerous, if anything, than, I mean, than Tatum I was. Brown had 22 points on 21 shots, and, and, and Tatum had 30 points on 17 shots. He got to the free throw line way more than Jalen yeah, Brown did. Jalen Brown only took yeah. one one trip to the foul line. But I'm not saying it was a bad Jason Tatum game. I'm just saying, like, when we're talking about Jimmy kind of pacing himself and fig- and, and picking his spots in three quarters and taking he over the fourth, that's the formula. With Tatum, It was it's sort of the opposite, right? Like, he got a bunch of those points. He led Boston to a 13, 14-point lead, whatever it was. And he was a big reason for that, right? He was making a ton of shots early on, and I didn't think that the Heat had an answer for him. They started yeah. with Jimmy Butler on Jason Tatum. They shuffled through a few different other kinds of matchups, depending on the rotation and the lineups that they had. Uh, and then he just sort of, I think he just didn't touch the ball for like like three straight minutes in the fourth yeah. quarter. It was weird. But let's just go. Let's let's get into this kitchen. Can, can, before let's, we get into the, the cookies, can, what's the big switch if anything that you think the, the Celtics might make like we talked about one of the things going into the series is who box first right who who makes the change right away and I think it's obvious that Boston needs to do something although I guess they could probably say no, well I, I, I would stick with that starting ball. lineup I, I would be right. if I'm Boston they're not I'm, going Derek White right or, or Brogdon starting no I'm pressuring the paint that's what one, like they scored 40 points in the paint in the first half like if I'm Boston I'm Robert like that's Williams the formula bad, yeah like yeah. Robert Williams was awesome. He was a problem for that first half. And then Miami did a good job fronting him in the post, uh, boxing him out a little bit more. Like a lot of this stuff just comes down to which team plays harder. And they they got uh, Joe Missoula mic'd up in the second half. And he was like, hey, guys, talking to his team. The Heat, yeah. like they turned it up and we didn't. We stayed the same. And and I kind of feel like that was sort of the difference in, in the fourth quarter. Uh, some other adjustments that we'll get to later on. But let's get into this kitchen. Let's do these credit cookies. What kind of cookies do we have to hand out tonight? We got 10 of them, David. Yeah. Well, uh, a big win in Boston. Let's let's have some Boston cream cookies. Everybody's heard like of a Boston cream donut, but let's have some Boston cream donut. Uh, I'm a big right fan now. of uh, Boston cream donuts, by the way. Okay, big fan. Uh, Top right. three donut. I think Behind in terms like of general sales. Ways. No, no, just you, you personally. You personally. No, I'm not a Boston. I'm not a cream. I'm not a cream filled donut guy. Jelly filled or just no fills? No, no fills, man. Give me, the, give me the old fashioned glazed cake. That's a yeah. good one. No, I, glazed I think is number one for me. Like that Krispy Kreme kind of just glazed. That's that's the way to go. Oh, but Krispy I like a Boston Kreme. cream donut. I do. Shout out Krispy Kreme. The Krispy Kreme and Coconut Grill or South Miami on US One. That was a, a great place before it became a Starbucks. Oh god. Anyway, <laughs> I, 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 I digress. I spent all day today in a Starbucks. Okay, um, credit cookies. We got ten of them. We're gonna start with Jimmy. I feel like let, let's. 
Let's share the load a little bit. Myself. Let's do Jimmy, Bam, for sure. Kyle. Love? Caleb? Kevin, yeah. Caleb needs some cookies. So I think we're just getting to the, like, let's start with four, four for, Jimmy. for Jimmy, but we might have to take some away. Yeah, I mean, it's this is where it begins and ends. Like, he yeah. was the best player in the game. He carried Miami. He did everything that was necessary. Yeah. And then yeah. when he was making the right pass to everybody, they were able to capitalize, too. That's Big why Bam game. Big yeah. Bam game. I think we got to start with, like, three cookies for him. 20 yeah. points, 13 on 13 shots. Aggressive. Uh, I'm aggressive or he was aggressive? He, no, 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 no. He, oh, he okay. was aggressive. Yeah, eight rebounds, five assists, yeah. uh, uh, and a steal. Defensively, he was everywhere, and he was especially in the second half. The, especially in the second half. Well, yep, exactly. He 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 was a big reason why Robert Williams was not as impactful as he was in the first half. And then offensively, uh, to start the first half and to start the second half, he was huge for them. Yeah. Uh, also, eight rebounds, all of which were monumental. A couple of which he got out muscled, or maybe might have been fouled. I'm not going to get into that conversation, although I'm sure a lot of Heat fans felt that way. Uh, but he was outsized by Robert Williams, and he was trying his best. Uh, even if he wasn't able to corral the rebound, had a couple of jump ball situations, diving the floor, also finished with five assists. So we saw the scoring, aggressive Bam at a bio. We saw the playmaking at Bam at a bio. We saw a guy who A couple helps. times where Boston would double him late in the shot clock after he dribbled it like two or three times, and he made the right play. He had a couple of dump off passes. That one great pass in transition. Um, I can't remember what, who he found cutting at the basket off the top of my head, but it was a great pass. He was awesome. And defensively, it's just... You can't say enough about what it is that he does. So we went with three cookies for him, which means we have seven cookies handed out. Let's go one each. One for Kevin Love. Um, His rebounding in the second half was better than the rebounding in the first half. Other second half in general was way better. Uh, Made a couple of threes, including that wide open one on the two-on-one, which was uh, huge to keep Miami uh, on that run in that third quarter. And then an outlet pass during that same run to Max Struess over Marcus Smart. And – when you are getting just like a couple of things like that from Kevin Love in the middle of the game, the Heat just feel yeah. like they go to a whole other level, right? When they just steal a few, like, like four to six points, like with those outlet passes. You saw it against the Knicks, yeah. Those, those those trailing three pointers, you know, like that that can mean the world in 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 a playoff game. Yeah, that was that was the one where it kind of felt like at that point, obviously Miami was down nine at the half. But then the start of the third quarter, they have a little bit more fire to him. And there's that one trailer where I, you mentioned just now, like he, he's, he's, I forgot who was bringing the ball up, but they kicked it open to, to Love, who was at the top of the key. And he just kind of st- steps right into the three-pointer, confident, fluid, no second guessing, nothing but money, and, uh, you know, just straight through the, the net. And, and you could tell, okay, maybe he's got a little bit of juice to him. He winds up hitting another one. Winds up getting a little bit more active, pulling down those rebounds. Really, really strong third quarter. Just yep. a big part of that overall comeback. And and he did a fairly good job defensively, too. Like, I think he was out, outclassed. But, you know, I, I think he In the second it half, all. it was much better than the first half. And yes. I think that was a big part of Miami kind a lot of tightening of helping things defense, up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last cook, or we got two more. One to Kyle Lowry. We already discussed him. And then I think the final one goes to Max Struess. Six of ten Ooh. overall. Three of five from three-point range. Three rebounds. Plus 15 in the game, 15 points. Um, spacing the floor was really important. I thought it was just a really good, solid – like he made the shots and on a night where um, it feels like the Duncan Robinson might not get a lot of minutes in this series, which is going to yeah. make Max Struess's job even more important in terms of making threes. 
So I'll hear arguments on Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin. We only have one Boston cream donut cookie thing left. Uh, all three of them to me are deserving. But if I if I had to pick one, I think I would go Max or Gabe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, Gabe had solid shots in the fourth. So did Caleb. I mentioned His that three points really before. Important. Yeah, and, and then Max, you know, did a pretty solid job overall. I think he got called for a couple of ticky-tack fouls, but whatever, we can't hold that against him. Uh, just five of eight in that third quarter for 13 points, a big part of that comeback as well. Yeah. just They, they seem to turn it on at, at different points. You never know if you're going to get a strong first quarter from Max or a big third quarter. Uh, I, you know, I, I like the point you made about Duncan, although I think he wasn't bad. Like, I, I really actually <laughs> – strangely enough i like duncan's off ball impact like he wasn't hitting his shots he only wound up taking two three-pointer two three-pointer attempts in seven minutes of play but he was doing some good things defensively he like locked up uh, malcolm brogdon at one point drew a foul on somebody he yeah, had he was some at the really top solid... of that zone when when he yeah. went zone a little bit it wasn't bad he just he wasn't hitting his threes and you gotta go with a hot hand you go with max again who yeah. he wound up caught fire in the third quarter why wouldn't you continue to play him if he's feeling and then good? and 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 lowry too the the heat went with some double like gabe vincent kyle lowry lineups when they were on the court at the same time which they kind of gotten away from when duncan plays more minutes so um yeah shout outs cookies all around um we alluded to the defense tightening up in the second half what was the big adjustment that eric spolster made at halftime. We're going to tell you what that is next here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back on Saturday morning with a recap of game two. You can reach Locked on Heat on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. This one comes from Brian. He writes in, what was the big change the Heat made in the second half to cut down the points in the paint? David, we mentioned before, uh, but in case you missed it, 40 points in the paint in the first half for Boston. Uh, I think it was like 10 or something like that in the second half for the Celtics. We could probably check that. Um, I'll check it right now. Yeah. So I'll check it. The, 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 big, the big adjustment was – so going into this game, it was clear that Miami is, is going to switch everything. And I think what stuck out to me was not just straight switching, but the fact that they were showing on those ball screens, right? So every time that – like. Boston brought Kevin Love's guy into the mix or whatever. Kevin Love was going to show pretty aggressively on the ball screen and then try to get back and recover, right? The show and recover, right? This is classic, like Chris Bosh, big three era style uh, ball screen defense. Um, And the Celtics, for their credit, like they, they, they've took uh, Miami's aggressiveness and used it against him. They turned it around uh, when Kevin Love would show or whoever, I'm not trying to pick on Kevin Love. I'm just using him as an example would show, against that ball screen, somebody would go back door into that open area before Kevin Love had a chance to get back and recover. And that's why the Celtics were getting so many points in the paint. Well, I wondered at halftime, is Spolster going to come out and keep running this aggressive showing style switching scheme? Or do you just kind of maybe drop a little bit more, not uh, hedge as aggressively as you do against those screens? Um, and the answer was no, he was going to keep showing because he knew that yeah. at their best, and Spolster does this all the time, the Heat at their best are creating turnovers right they're creating chaos on the defensive end and that's a way to do that is you're kind of jumbling up those passing lanes crowding those windows uh the big change was what they did on the back side right it's just being a little bit more uh timely with the with the recoveries being a little bit more engaged on the recovery and then the backside rotations helping uh your teammates and all that kind of stuff i thought it was just so much better in that second half 
Yeah, I, I think that was that's a good call. Uh, by the way, 22 points in the second half, 22 points in the paint for Boston in the second half to 40 in the first half. So, yeah, yeah no, noticeably different. different game. Yeah, just that, that, that was a sharp rotations. I think they they were doing a little bit better of being physical, too, because when they yes. were off ball, I think they could do a little better kind of just like either you're not necessarily boxing out, but at least keeping the body in front so that you can – mitigate some of those backdoor cuts and i think that was pretty effective they were were able to just you know kind of mud up a a lot of what boston's offense in the first half had been you didn't see so many of those backdoor cuts and a lot of that help and rotation forcing those turnovers i wish we could get a uh, total turnovers for boston in the second half 10 so 10 in the second half yeah um, a lot of uh a lot of fronting from jimmy and bam uh, specifically on robert williams uh and and when they were fronting i think bam and jimmy both had caused a turnover a deflection uh each in that second half when they were doing that uh let's go to our next question from bert who writes in does bam need to play more minutes going forward in this series bam tonight 37 minutes uh and was out for the beginning stretch of that fourth quarter when the celtics made a little bit of their comeback push there do you think that jimmy played the entire second half in this one david is are we getting to the point now where maybe even in game two coming off of a win the the cody zeller minutes were not great uh i thought he had a hard time sort of keeping up with with boston's bigs he wasn't closing out on them those guys like to get to move around on the floor and he had a kind of hard time chasing them um, yep. is this going to be a situation where Bam has to basically play entire second halves if Jimmy's going to play entire second halves? I don't think he can afford it. I, I, I'd love to see it. I, I, I think if he can play those more of those of more of those second half minutes, he probably would. But I, I feel like he's done so much, especially like during that third quarter run when they were, were you know, having that kind of historic level of offense. We should point. I, I don't know if we did throughout the course of the, the, the show so far. Playoff best, 46 points in that third quarter. Like, they've never had that good a quarter ever. So, a big difference from the third quarter that a lot of Heat fans can uh, point to over the course of the regular season. But, you know, Bam was so effective. He does so much, bringing the ball up, et cetera. Not to say that Jimmy doesn't do those things, but... I don't know. Maybe his, his his style of defense probably is a little bit more taxing than what Jimmy does in terms of. It you is. Know, and Bam's the one the that's got a. Yeah, he's got. Well, he's got to bang bodies with Robert Williams, Al Horford, and all these guys. Like Jimmy doesn't have to do that to that degree. He needs, not on he an needs every possession basis. Yeah. Look, I also have no problem with playing Cody Zeller in this game. I will I have a problem know, if they're playing him a lot more in this series. But I think in, it's game one. You got to see if he can hold up. Right and 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 Spo has is Haywood Highsmith not an option? Like I know he's hold undersized. On. So maybe. Point. He played nine minutes. Okay, he played like a four to five minute stint in each half. Spo, it's game one. You go out there and see if Cody Zeller can hold up. It's clear he cannot. But I don't have a, I don't have a problem with Spo trying it twice in this game. It was two different stints. I have no problem with Spo trying it. To your point, though, maybe it probably isn't Cody Zeller's series, and maybe it is somebody like Haywood Highsmith. We did see a Kevin Love at center lineup in this game. Do they have to go to more of that? For when Bam is off the court, and if that's the case, do you are there minutes available to Haywood Highsmith? But at the same time, they only basically only played outside of some Cody, uh, two Cody Zeller stints and a Duncan Robinson stint, seven guys yeah. in this game. So maybe there's a chance here where you don't even have to bring in a Haywood Highsmith, and you can just sort of stick to a seven man rotation, um, especially in the second half if you're going to have Bam play the entire second half. So. Maybe that's can I can I offer? I mean, look, Mazzola did the same thing. Uh, you know, he didn't play Grant Williams, which is a little surprising. A lot of Celtics yeah. fans on Twitter, I saw why no Grant. He was so effective last season. It seems like he's just out of the rotation completely. But I wonder if he comes in the there. Yo-yo around the rotation little, from Mazzola yeah, all season. 
there's something yeah, maybe, going on there. Yeah, maybe you bring in High High Smith on that situation because he won't be so oversized. You could put him on Williams, yeah. and I think that's a matchup that he Good will handle. Yeah, he can handle it because he's 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 strong enough, physical enough. He's got the wingspan, physicality. Yeah, yeah, I think it, 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 it's um, an interesting thing to look. I, at. I think we're gonna see, especially in the first half, some token minutes for even Cody Zeller. I, I don't think we've seen the last of Cody Zeller in this series. I just think that you're you don't have that many great options. Maybe yeah. there's some Haywood Highsmith minutes. Maybe there's some Cody Zeller minutes. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Spo did say, okay, let's just go super small and put Highsmith at center and just see what happens. Like, maybe not in game two, but at some point in the series. Like, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a long series at this point. You know what I mean? Like, the Celtics are too good uh, for them to just do this every game. And we've seen this in their series. Like, they're kind of up and down. They're going to look, like, unbeatable in one of these games. They're just go- they're going to, right? They're going to make every shot. They're going to do. They're going to kind of look like what the Heat did in the second half and, and in that third quarter for an entire game because they're capable of that. So this is going to be a long series. We're going to see a lot of different things. But already in that game one, there was so much interesting stuff from that, just from an X's and O's perspective, from a Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum perspective. Um, I'm psyched for this series and, and for the Heat to, to start this thing 1-0 Again, man, just winning a game one on the road again for the third time in these playoffs. Every series in these playoffs, the Heat have stolen game one on the road. Phenomenal, incredible stuff and just adding to their historic run. Yeah, I mean, I said the the map to the NBA Finals kind of followed the same thing we've seen against the, the Knicks, too. He's got to steal game one, put the pressure on Boston. We've seen that they can wither a little bit in the moment, and I think we saw that in the second half in particular. Um and, and, you know, regardless of what happens in game two, as much as you'd like to win two straight, that seems really, really unlikely because now Boston is certainly feeling the pressure of that. And then you can come back home where you're 5-0 and in the playoffs. If you can get those two games locked up, I mean, that's a little bit down the road. Doesn't hurt to look ahead, but uh, you kind of focus on the moment. For, for, for now, though, I'll say this, though. Fantastic game. Uh, I think going into game one, I said the last thing the Celtics want is for the Heat to catch fire and get confident from three-point range, right? And that's kind of what happened. I don't expect them to shoot 52% for the rest of the series, but um, it's certainly a better start than it was to that Knicks series, right? And they're going to need to shoot like this, or again, maybe not 52% necessarily, but they're going to have to shoot closer to this than they did it against the Knicks uh, to close this, to close the series out. But we got a lot of games. uh, left to play in this one. To, you know, Jimmy made that point in practice over the last couple of days that they were going to need to play near perfect level of basketball because obviously Boston's a pretty good yeah. team. I don't know that they did it today. Like, again, no. there was a, a really bad first half, especially in the second quarter. And then it was a really good third quarter to kind of balance it out. And, and then there were still moments there where they didn't capitalize as much as you could put the blame. And I know a lot of Celtics fans will look mostly to the fact that Boston played poorly down the stretch over the fact that Miami just wound up playing really, really well. Takes two to I, tango, I think, man. There's two teams on that court. Boston yeah. did play like garbage in that second half. You've got to be disappointed. But Miami, Celtics fan. Miami's but good Heat, enough to capitalize yeah, on those kinds of exactly. opportunities. And, and they have the been didn't all get shook. The Celtics did. They, what does Bo always say? The playoffs about who blinks first? The Celtics blinked in this one. The, 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 he didn't. Does it matter that the Celtics won three of the four quarters? <laughs> <laughs> did you see Joe Mazzulla actually said that in the post-game press no conference? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. They won three quarters, Wes, including the so fourth. Did, did, but who do the Heat even have a 1-0 lead? Like, does this even count or no? I don't know. Maybe, I guess maybe you can file an appeal to the league office. Media, they probably will. <laughs> Danny Ainge. I know he doesn't work there anymore, but he's going to complain to the league office for some reason. Um, all right. 
Turns out the Heat did have a 1-0 lead in this series. We're going to be back Saturday morning with a recap of Game 2. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Like us. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. David, thanks for joining me. Got it. No Celtics sweep. Sorry. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.